0: Now, the whole home show with Tony Joe on Cfax 1070 hi there everyone welcome to another episode of the whole home show I'm Tony Joe your host here every week bringing you tips education and updates on home related matters whether you're in the real estate market or if you're looking for decorating or improvement ideas for your home this is a place to a great place to be. Our show comes to you every week with the support of our show partners, Denise Webster, Mortgage Broker with Dominion Lending Center's Modern Mortgage Group, J.P. Sellers, Insurance Advisor at Westland Insurance, the Sitka Law Group for your real estate, wills and estates, corporate and personal injury needs, and Shoreline Inspections with Reese Jacob and Monica Gass. If you need help in your, in your real estate transaction, whether you're buying or selling or uh, even just wanting to maintain your home, Give any of the whole home show team members a call. They would love to hear from you. You can find their contact information by visiting cfax1070.com. Look under shows. There you'll find us, the whole home show with me, Tony Joe. All their contact information is there. Or you could always reach out to me directly as well. Uh, It is my pleasure and privilege being your host here every week, and I've done so for four years now here on CFAX 1070. Uh, I am a locally born and raised Victorian. I've never left this town. I love Victoria, uh, and I love it in a way that it causes me to really enjoy being a part of the community. Uh, It's not just real estate. I help people buy and sell. I've done that for years, helped hundreds and hundreds of people in my 29 years uh, as a career real estate agent, Uh, but there's just so much. I love Victoria. And that's what we're going to be talking about today, by the way. Our guests are Our Place, the Our Place Society in Victoria. I want to talk about all of the great work they do in the community. If you're wondering what's going on, driving down Pandora right now uh, and seeing, you know, it's COVID right now, so things are crazy. Things are unlike we've ever seen before. Uh, And I thought it was important for our listeners to know and hear more about what our place does exactly how they help the community in roads that have happened over the course of the last few years and the years since I've been involved, by the way, you know, some of you may know I spent time as the co-chair of the greater Victoria coalition and homelessness, uh, between 2009 and 2011. So I actually, this is close to my heart because I do a lot of work in homelessness prevention, poverty prevention, uh uh, all all of these things. So that's our show for today. Uh, a little tour of our place, learning more about what they do. Uh, and great news to share with you as well, too, about a recent fundraiser that our place did, even in the midst of COVID, doing things uh, 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 very COVID safe, COVID friendly. Uh, and it's a testament of our community and how much Victoria really steps forward um, because we're really, just a step away from perfection. This is the reason why people come to Victoria. We have listeners, and I know, because some of my clients who are new to Victoria listen to this program, I, I, and I hear it from you. It is, uh, it's just paradise. It is uh, a fantastic place to be, and I agree with you, and it's so important that the community steps forward and, and continues uh, uh, chipping chipping in, uh, rolling up sleeves, and um, contributing to make Victoria it is. So uh, we always uh, like to talk about a real estate subject or topic to begin with. If you have one, by the way, that you'd like to share with us, give us a call. 250-414-6540. That's 250-414-6540. Leave a message, please. Uh, And we will discuss it on the air uh, at a future date. Today, I want to chat about the MLS system, the Realtor Multiple Listing System. But more specifically, I want to discuss photos, photographs, and descriptions. I had a conversation with one of my clients uh, this week, uh, who is also a listener, might be listening to the program today. And it had to do with, you know, when you look at a listing, when you're on realtor.ca, the description, you know, talking about the house. Uh, Of course, every seller wants that description to fully capture exactly what the house has to offer, you know whether it be space or size or uh, proximity to amenities or other important features. You know, a triple car garage is there in uh, is there in garage car charging? Is there a swimming pool? Uh, is there an irrigation system? All of these things. Of course, an owner who was always house proud wants to make sure that all of the features are captured in the description. So you may notice when you read these things, the language of them sometimes is a little odd. You know, uh, for instance, grammar might be off, punctuation might be off, uh, we hear that often too. There's a kind of language, it's like a real estate lingo that goes on with these real estate descriptions there's a reason for that too by the way and the reason is we are limited to the number of characters that we can post in the mls system we can't write a a, a long diatribe about the house we can't write paragraphs and paragraphs we are limited to characters so it's not words it's actually the spaces and where we put punctuation. This is the reason why you'll find quite often the uh, shortenings. So instead of bedrooms, it's B-R, or instead of bathrooms, it's B-A, or slashes, or, or uh, uh, typical descriptors. And again, it's because there's a very limited amount of space. Um, the, <laughs> the, the interesting thing, of course, too, is... What happens when we sometimes explain, and I'll give you an example. Um, people commonly look for houses that have three bedrooms on the same floor, right? Uh, and the reason for that is you have a master bedroom, you maybe have two kids, or you have a kid and you want an office. It's good to have all three on the same floor. Uh, often, oftentimes, houses have two bedrooms on the main floor. And we will write in the description, main floor, two bedrooms, one bathroom. It's in the description. It's clear. And a showing happens. And then we seek feedback from the showing agent to say, hey, how did the showing go? And it's amazing how often you get responses that say, oh, the buyers need three bedrooms on the main floor. Well, hold on a second. Did the buyer not read the description? Did the realtor not read the description? it's all there. You know, the seller and the realtor maybe spent days or hours crafting this beautiful uh, description about the house. How does this happen? Well, it does. So uh, to our listeners here, I'll, I'll tell you why. It's not a secret, right? Oftentimes, a consumer will be going through the list of the dailies. So they receive updates from their realtor Using a specific criteria that they and their realtor have decided upon. So, for instance, a four bedroom home, minimum four bedrooms, minimum two bathrooms, minimum th- 1,200 square feet in specific areas, say Langford, Colwood, Michosin. So those are the things that the consumer is getting on a daily basis. And when they get their updates, and they're always looking for the fresh stuff, by the way, it's always the new listings. What are the ones that came up today? Oh my goodness, this looks like a great house. It has four bedrooms, it's got two baths, you know, it's 1,500 square feet. Let's go look. They get really excited, book the appointment with the realtor. The realtor listens to the buyer's instruction and just goes ahead and books the appointment and then shows up and it's, oh my goodness, it's only two bedrooms in the main floor. Why is that? It's because the description, although important to many, and I know that there's a lot of buyers who read word by word the description, you would be surprised how many people actually do not. Photos are actually more important. Uh, we know this. there's been surveys out there that say that good photographs are paramount for the success of a real estate uh, MLS listing that is the truth Uh, and it's great that we have the ability to post so many photographs nowadays in the old days we didn't right hey I've been around long enough that there was no uh, there were no photos on the MLS system but nowadays you have 50 photos um, and of course uh, most many people like myself get professional photography done but the description is an interesting thing because again, very few people read it. Uh, I have another little gripe too. I know that realtors listen to this program. So you guys are all going to agree with this too. We also, as realtors, we have uh, uh, agent uh, instructions. So you can't see it, consumers, on the uh, realtor.ca system. And you also can't see it on your updates that you get from your realtor from the actual MLS system. But realtors often have directions, you know, no showings on Wednesdays or you know a sweet showing on second viewing only it's amazing how often that is not adhered to and that's a little harder to excuse because sometimes realtors do need to read that in order to take the next step anyways that's just a little gripe and i know that some of my realtor friends who listen will feel the same way too so bottom line is descriptions are important yes but you might be surprised uh, as a consumer how often the description is not read If you have a question or a story that you'd like to share in our show here, just reach out to us. The phone number again, 250-414-6540. Leave a message. Uh, And of course, if you're a podcast listener, you can listen to any of our programs on iTunes or Google Play. And we do post our videos today uh, because we're recording these under COVID on our Facebook page and also the Prime Real Estate Team's YouTube channel. Thanks for joining us. We're going to take a break here. When we come back, we'll be talking about our place and all the great work that they do in the community back in just a moment you're listening to the whole home show with tony joe on cfax 1070 thanks for coming back you're listening to the whole home show and i'm tony joe victoria remains one of the places that canadians want to come to we know this because a lot of you listeners of people who listen to our program every week have come from another place you chose victoria as a place to live whether you came from ontario even further east even the lower mainland, Victoria is one of those places where the weather is appealing, the quietness is appealing, the cleanness is appealing, the uh, safety is appealing, all of these things. And we have seen it because uh, under COVID, the reason why the real estate numbers remain strong is because people have decided to migrate from their downtown Toronto condo into a nice place on the island here, whether it's Victoria, or if it's going up Island, Maple Bay, Duncan, Nanaimo, Couch and Valley, whatever. But one of the things that our visitors often wonder about is the street population, and why Victoria seems to be a place where, even you know, driving downtown, seeing uh, panhandlers or people just trying to to get to get on with their day, and there's also people that we don't even know that we meet, uh, they, they, um, they are people in stores that uh, serve customers and are having a really hard time making ends meet. Uh, so today, we're having a conversation with Our Place, the Our Place Society. Anyone who's driven down Pandora knows Our Place. It's a beautiful building. There is so much that goes on there. And uh, have here with us today uh, is the uh, CEO, uh, the Chief Executive Officer, Julian Daly. Julian, thanks for joining us. Hi,
1: welcome. Thank you.
0: Yes, yes, Julian. So now um, you are newer to town. Uh, You stepped in in the position uh, in a, actually during COVID time,
1: right? Yeah, three months ago. Okay. I'm one of those people that came from across Canada, came yeah. from Edmonton, Alberta. Well, not, right you don't right exactly—you
0: don't exactly have the Edmonton accent there.
1: No, I came uh, via Edmonton. I'm from Ireland originally, but I got an English accent. Uh yes. so I went to boarding school in England for ten years. Lived in England a lot, so uh, yeah. So it's—I uh, arrived in Victoria from from UK, Edmonton uh, via Edmonton. Great. Okay, so let,
0: let's start with. What is our place and what is exactly that our place does in the community?
1: Yeah, our place, you know, if you, the people who do pass it on Pandora will see our our name, but also underneath it, they hopefully will see the words hope and belonging. And I think that's essentially what we're about. We're a place that tries to, to give people hope who have lost hope and people a sense of belonging who have no sense of belonging. So it's a place that folk can come and get meals, uh, get support with employment, uh, get health services, get spiritual care, uh, can have uh, health care as well, and can get access to computers and and, and other services so that they can begin to uh, have a healthier life and uh, to, to make the changes they want to and talk to people and counseling too if they, if they need that. So it's a place that, you know, we call the people who come here family members. And we do that for you know, a reason, because it is a family feeling here. It is a real sense of community. So it's a place where folk can come and have a sense of belonging, but also through the services and the connection with others and with the staff here, hopefully get a sense of hope too and, uh, and can move on in their lives. And we also provide housing as well, uh, transitional housing, but uh, also per- more permanent housing and shelter spaces on other sites. Because we actually have nine sites, even though the, Pandora site is known is the best. But yeah, hope and belonging is really what we're about.
0: Mm-hmm. You, you know, I think, And again, I think it's really important that people uh, know exactly what our place does. Uh, again, there are so many residents around the neighborhood there. Yeah. I mean, uh, Victoria has grown uh, in a short amount of time. We've added a, a, a few thousand residential units yes. in the downtown core that were not there 15 years ago. And, you know, people often wonder, they're like, well, what's going on? Because there's all this, there's so much stuff going on down there. Uh, You know, I've heard people uh, mistakenly uh, think that it's like a soup kitchen or something like that. It is so much more, right? Uh, Of course, I've been in the building many times before. I want to parse down kind of what you just mentioned a moment ago. So the first one is meals. You've got a beautiful dining area. Um, How many meals do you serve a day?
1: Yeah, we serve nearly a quarter of a million meals a year and uh, we, there's a pre COVID we were doing about 1500 uh, meals a day. Uh, it's, it's somewhat down now to about a thousand or so, but you know, expect that to go up again in the winter. Uh, we serve breakfast, lunch and dinner seven days a week uh, so it's, you know, it's the main meal service. In, in Victoria for people who are homeless, but also people who are living in poverty or struggling, because not all the people that come to our place are homeless, many are, but many are also just folk that are going through some tough times and struggling to make ends meet, and it's a place for them to, to help get by.
0: Well, I, I have to say, and I I, I want to mention the story really quick. A number of years ago, um, I hired a fellow to clean my windows because, you know, you, you get the flyers at your home and somebody, you know, offering to clean windows. And at the time, I needed to have windows clean. This is a long time ago now. And I will never forget. Nice j- fellow. He did a great job. Um, I was at our place at a function or doing something and he was waiting in line. And I'm like, my goodness, it's not just the street population. Yes. It's it's. Like I said in my opening, there, there is people that 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 we see out there in our daily lives, but don't realize that that uh, they need the help, right?
1: And I think we're going to see even more of that, Tony. You know, with the when the government benefits come to an end, and uh, with. Unfortunately, more and more people losing their jobs in Victoria due to the due, due to the reduction of tourists in our city. I think we're going to see, you know, a number of people who are just making it by now who won't make it by, and who may indeed become homeless, uh, and certainly will need our meal services and other services. In fact, we're already seeing some of those people coming in, who are saying to my colleagues that they never. They never thought they'd end up in a place like our place. They never thought they'd need those services. Mm-hmm. I think there are a number of people in Victoria right now who are very vulnerable, just on the edge. And I'm really worried about how they may just go over that edge into homelessness or you know, or a degree of poverty they've never experienced before.
0: That, that's always been a discussion. It's, it's, it's how people are often a paycheck away from yep. Complete crisis, right?
1: Yeah, and this is an expensive city. I moved here from Edmonton. My rent gone up about eighty percent. Yes, from Edmonton. So it's really hard to make ends meet here between rent and groceries and other costs. So yeah, I, well, I'm really worried about that.
0: Yeah, and and you know, with that, th- this is another example sometimes of you know, we're, we're uh, Victoria is a victim of its own success because as much as As much as it's a beautiful town, beautiful attributes, air, you know, uh, lifestyle, quality and everything drives people here, it's market-driven too, which means that things are expensive.
1: Yeah, and a lot of the, you know, kind of number of the people who are camping currently in our parks, and I know that is a real concern for for people in this city, and, uh, and also it's created a lot of fear and anxiety for folk as well, but, you know many of the people are there because they can't afford housing and they, they can't they don't have access to affordable housing and they've been no longer able to pay their rent so you know that is a real problem in our city and really driving homelessness is the lack of affordable housing and access to it as well as as we know, you know people having mental health and addiction challenges as well
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, you know that's another major driver but we should never forget the the, the role that the lack of housing. Uh, plays in homelessness
0: in our city yeah for sure for sure well um we need to take a break in just a moment here but i want to remind people uh the our place society is on pandora the address again Julian?
1: 919 pandora avenue
0: 919 pandora uh, and please visit the website um, the our place website because you can donate you can support the cause that uh, our place has had for many years here uh, and I, if you don't already know, and I'm sure many of our listeners are already supporters uh, of Our Place, uh, but anyone who isn't, please uh, uh, learn more about Our Place. Uh, we'll, we'll be talking more about the other things that Our Place does uh, in our community, along with talking about uh, some fun, fundraising stuff that has happened recently uh, here right now with the CEO, uh, Julian uh, Daly. Uh, Julian, again, thanks very much for coming and joining us today.
1: Thank you for having me, Tony.
0: Yeah, now don't go anywhere because, like I said, uh, we're going to take a quick break here. When we come back, we'll be picking up the conversation with our place back in just a moment. This is The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070. Thanks for coming back. You're listening to The Whole Home Show, and I'm Tony Joe. Our show comes to you every week with the support of our show partners, Denise Webster, mortgage broker with Dominion Lending Center's Modern Mortgage Group, J.P. Sellers, insurance advisor at Westland Insurance, the Sitka Law Group for your real estate, wills and estates, corporate and personal injury needs, and Shoreline Inspections with Reese Jacob and Monica Gass. If you need help or direction in your real estate transaction, give any of the Whole Home Show team members a call. They would love to hear from you. And as a reminder, if you would like to get in touch with them, just go to cfax1070.com, look under shows, and there you'll find us, the Whole Home Show with me, Tony Joe. All of our contact information is there. Be happy to chat with you uh, or just reach out to me directly. I would um, be pleased to connect with you. Uh, For our podcast listeners, just as a reminder, we podcast all of our episodes. If you're an iTunes listener or uh, Google Play, uh, just download all 178 episodes we've done now over the course of four years. So much great information. Uh, you can, um, at any point in time you are at in your real estate transaction, or just knowing about the community, uh, you can just do a search and find all of the great content that we have there. We're having a conversation today uh, about something that's very important in our city, in our community, Uh we are acknowledged to be an expensive town. Victoria, if you didn't know, is the third most expensive real estate in Canada. Some people would be surprised at that. Uh, it is Vancouver, Toronto, Victoria. And the most surprising thing when you think about it is we're a small town. We have a population of 400,000 versus Toronto's six and a half million and Vancouver's three, almost three million. Uh, and yet we're so expensive. Uh, why are we? It's because people want to be here. This is exactly what Julian and I were talking about a couple of months ago. But it is a double-edged sword, too, because an expensive place to live, live means that there's other people on the other side of the spectrum as well. And we're talking today with our place, learning more about the great work that they do, because I think one of the things we all as a community really want is we want a healthy community. We want everyone to be safe and comfortable and happy. Uh, and, you know, that's one of the things that uh, our place does. Uh, Julian, I, and welcome back, by the way. Um, I forgot to ask. So what specifically is the mandate of our place? Like, uh, we talked we, just, we talked about the site. We talked about some of the things you do. Um, what's the mandate?
1: Mandate is to provide a place of hope and belonging and to work with folk uh, with unconditional love and in a non-judgmental way mm-hmm. and to support folk to have healthier lives and to be housed and to move out of poverty
0: yeah it, it's fantastic um, uh, so as a reminder to uh, the listeners my background one of the reasons why I I do know and understand some of these things I'm a realtor so I sell homes I help people buy and sell homes and people have often asked how come Why do you know about this stuff? It's because after my term as the president of the Victoria Real Estate Board in 2008, I had the privilege of being the co-chair of the Greater Victoria Coalition to End Homelessness. Uh, I was the successor to Ted Hughes, who was an amazing individual who sadly passed away uh, recently. Um, And they started this coalition to try to end homelessness. And by the way, our, our, Julian, you you may know this, but our mandate at the time when the coalition was created in 2009, sorry, it was earlier than that, actually, um, the mandate was to end homelessness in Victoria by 2018. And here we are now. So, uh, you know, people might wonder what happened. I I mean, so much effort has gone into this. Why, Why are we seeing things that remain so difficult for people on the streets right now?
1: we should also look at the positives that there are now hundreds, if not thousands of people who are currently housed in uh, Victoria as a result of the work that you, Tony and others have done. Um, But there are more people who have come into homelessness. So it's not like it's not all just a bleak story of nothing having changed, you know, and often, you know, people who drive past uh, our place on Pandora and think, there's always people hanging out there. Does nothing ever? Does does anything ever change? Well, the reality is that the people hanging out there are probably not the same people who were hanging out there a few years ago, because many of them have moved on and found housing. Um, you know, the four hundred, four you know, four hundred or so people have been housed just since COVID, and the hundreds of people who were camping on Pandora are now housed in, in hotels. It's transitional housing, but they have a home. So. Progress has been made, but as those folk get has, as other people fall into homelessness. So, yes, it is a it is an ongoing challenge, but homelessness has been ended for many people.
0: Yeah. Oh, th- that's a fantastic point. Thanks for bringing that up. I mean, when I was involved, I saw hundreds of people getting housed. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, there's – because the other thing, too, is there's this perception that people come to Victoria to live on the streets.
1: And yeah, I don't – yeah, I, I really would challenge that. You know, the the research is that shows really clearly that uh, only twelve percent of people uh, have been in Vic- who are homeless have been in Victoria for a year or less, and that the vast majority actually have been homeless on the streets of Victoria for five years or more. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I mean, I d- undoubtedly some people do move here because of the climate and they're attracted by it, but think most people don't I uh, you know I worked in a similar field in Edmonton Tony and I remember when it, you know sometimes I'd go out when it was minus 20 minus 30 outside our building and I'd say to the guy i say why don't you go to Victoria it's like it's warmer <laughs> there you know kind of half joking yeah. and you know what every single time I said that they always said nope I know it's warmer there and it's really cold here right now but my family and my friends are here yeah, you know homeless people stay where they are for the same reasons that non-homeless people do because of connections and networks and family and friends so uh, i don't think we have the kind of hordes moving here that people think yeah sure some but not not uh, as many as people might uh, perceive
0: well i agree with this too because you know the, we've uh, the city has done studies over the years yeah. And and this is exactly what, what has been discovered. So this is one of those myths that people have that has proven time and time again that
1: when I lived it. in Edmonton there was the same myth, funnily enough. People yeah. would say that oh people are coming to Edmonton, we have so many services, they're coming from all across Canada. And they yeah. didn't. Yeah so I, I think there's a cities get this sort of urban myth develops often. Interesting.
0: For sure. Well, listen, I'd like to introduce uh, now uh, one of our other guests uh, also from our place, and that is uh, Stephen Seltzer. Stephen, thanks for uh, joining us today.
2: Hi, Tony. Thanks so much for having us.
0: Well, Stephen, explain your role at uh, at our place.
2: Um, I manage fundraising events. Uh, I also manage, uh, well, I I work with businesses uh, and, and basically to help find revenue for our place that we can provide all the services that this community needs. And that's one of the things that I wanted
0: to bring up today, too, is how our place is funded, because all of the all of the programs and all the things that our place has, uh, not just at the Pandora site, because there's a number of sites. Stephen, right now you are at the Therapeutic Recovery Center um, uh, out in View Royal right now. I can see you. Right. Um, So there are so many programs, but they need to be
2: funded. Right. They do. Um, housing, we're, we're supported heavily by uh, BC Housing, but uh, all of our other programs, whether it's uh, serving meals, uh, whether it's providing uh, outreach uh, for, for the people we serve, uh, everything that we do, we, we rely on on our community to, to provide the funding. And um, we do have an amazing uh, donor base who understand the work that we do is vital and, and basically understand what Victoria would be like without our place. Um, Without our place, where would uh, um, uh, people be going for shelter? Where would people be going uh, for for medical aid? Because we do have paramedic outreach workers. We we do, um, if you look at it, we do save money uh, in our community because we're able to treat people at our place. Um, We're we're a vital resource and um, we're gonna be even more vital to a lot more people because I know Julian mentioned um, There's more people we're seeing because of uh, uh, COVID that uh, never would have expected to be uh, using our services, but we want people out there to know that um, our services are available to all of Greater Victoria. So important.
0: The The economic impact is actually a huge one. And that's one we're going to take a break in just a moment here, but we're going to start talking about that after our last segment here. Something that I do remember, which I know is a fact is the cost to actually um, take care of somebody who's living hard in the streets, uh, going in and out of the prison system, uh, uh, going into the hospital system uh, is much more expensive than actually providing housing and the programs that uh, organizations like Our Place uh, uh, provide on a regular basis. In fact, that the the numbers are staggering, and, and perhaps we can talk about that uh, after a break. So we're talking today uh, from Our Place, the CEO, uh, Julian Daly, and also uh, Steven Seltzer, uh, who's responsible, a really important job of, of fundraising. Uh, we're gonna take a, our last break for the day here. Back in just a moment. Now, The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070. Hi there, everyone. Thanks for coming back. You're listening to The Whole Home Show, and I'm Tony Joe. We're having a conversation today about all the great work that our place does in the community. There are a number of amazing organizations in Greater Victoria that serve the needs of those who need the help, that need uh, assistance uh, either in housing or uh, finding work or health uh, issues or things like that. Uh, we have with us uh, the CEO, uh, Julian Daly. Again, Julian, thanks very much for coming.
1: Thank you for having us.
0: Yeah, and also Stephen Seltzer. Stephen uh, takes care of fundraising uh, at our place. So there are several floors to the building. Um, you mentioned um, uh, uh, access to computers and employment and stuff. How, how does that help people that, um, uh, that need to move forward in life, uh, having access to, to these services, for instance?
1: Yeah, just before I, I talk about that, I did want to recognize the, the generosity of the real estate community and realtors who repeatedly every year come back in large numbers to do meals uh, and serve meals and uh, pay for meals for uh, our family members. And just really want to acknowledge that. And thank you for your generosity because... You know, often I think people wouldn't kind of think of realtors and our place as having an awful lot in common, but I think we we are so similar because you guys are about trying to find people homes, and so are we, and about making people feel belonging and at home. And I think actually our missions and our mandates are, are remarkably similar, but I just wanted to acknowledge that and, and thank you guys for that. And Stephen will say a bit in a minute about the renewed uh, meal program, but... Employment is really important. I think there's another myth about homeless people, uh, or people who are really struggling, that they're kind of lazy and don't really want to work and just want to live off government benefits. Uh, And and that's simply not the case. The vast majority of homeless people I've ever worked with would love to work, and it's it's a struggle. Sometimes they are prevented because of mental health and addiction challenges, uh, and that's why we work with them to help them overcome that so they can actually get back to work. But some, uh, many actually can work, uh, even if it's in a kind of a limited schedule. So that's one of the reasons why we have an employment program, is to support the family members here uh, to get resumes together and to get practice with interviews and to to get the tickets they need to work and to access and help them find the jobs that they want. We're also looking at establishing some social enterprises here as well, which is a really great way of uh, putting money in family members, or the people we sell as pockets, but also helping them to work in a way that's more manageable for some. Not all can work a full week. So yeah, employment is a really important part of 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 changing your life and getting to a better place.
0: Because this is the thing. I mean, one of the focuses here is moving people onward. Yeah not just not just sustaining them in a, in a p- situation that they may be in right now, but helping them move uh, to where they want to be right
1: absolutely that 's core to our work and I often think folk look at a place like uh, our place from outside and I see all the folk hanging out and they think oh nothing ever changes those guys are not invested in moving those guys on in any way or helping them to improve their lives but that's absolutely what we're all about mm-hmm. is trying to work with the folk that come here and build relationships with them so we can help them identify what they need to have a better life to have a healthier life to have a happier life and when we do that, we work with them to achieve those things so they can achieve all that. They can be happier. They can be uh, healthier. They can be more productive.
0: Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, just before the break, I was talking about uh, reports that have gone out. And I don't remember the numbers off the top of my head. But I know that studies have been done that have determined the cost of uh, um, a, a, somebody living hard in the streets. Um, You know, you, you may think, well, they're not paying rent. They're not, you know, uh, um, living a life that most of us would be familiar with. But the thing is, there are added costs and strains out there in the community system, Uh, you know, in, in hospitalization, in uh, policing, in uh, so many other things, it is actually cheaper uh, from a community standpoint to house somebody and to help them uh, get work and get a job. And I think really that's one of the things that all of these agencies like our place work together, to try to achieve. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Steven, uh, we talked about uh, fundraising uh, just for the break. And because um, of course, all these things require funding, right? I would really like to explain to our listeners something really neat that happened just a few weeks ago that you uh, are instrumental in, uh, you know, you've, uh, and know how much work these things uh, uh, take to get put together. You you are the guy. You've done a number of these now. Let's tell people about
2: uh, Hungry Hearts. We have to go on no matter what. So we came up with... The need your... doesn't stop, basically. Absolutely not. Yeah. So we came up with uh, some creative ideas um, and, and realized that it shouldn't just be about us. Um, we created a two-part event, and the first part was to give back to local businesses in need. So we... Uh, had about 16 restaurants create a mac and cheese dish. And then we asked our community to go to those restaurants, uh, order the dish uh, and other food there, and then vote on their favorite. So this way we were able to give back. um, To help those restaurants. Absolutely. Oh, we're all in this together. Um, If if there's one message that that gets out today and and that's it, you know, um, uh, between real estate, uh, community services, uh, everyone who's listening, we're, we're all in this together. Um, the second half, we, we put on a virtual event. We, we live-streamed uh, some pretty fun and, and informative information. We had last year's Hungry Heart Chef do a cooking demo. We had um, a, a, a band play. We had uh, um, just some information that, that we provided in, in a pretty entertaining way, including Julian, who still you know still only three months in, uh, did a QA and a to explain what we're doing today and what we'll be doing five years ago uh, five years from now with our place and um I, I gotta say the community responded we we raised um with, with your help, help tony because um you, you helped us with uh, some live auction items we, we raised hundred and fifty three thousand dollars which is the wow. highest we we've, we've raised for a hungry hearts event and that's wow. that showed us that what we're doing is, is being supported by our community Amazing. You know, other organizations or groups, you know, they, they struggle
0: to raise $10,000, you know, even during normal time uh, to raise $153,000. Just a reminder about the support that the community uh, uh, gives behind our place, knowing and understanding the, the, the importance of it. I should mention, too, because I, of course, I was there at the event. It was all very COVID. The COVID protocols were there. There was only 20 guests. Everyone was socially distant, masks, sanitizer, um, the gloves, all that kind of stuff. Um, the live stream was great uh, to have uh, the hosts, uh, Pete and Charlotte. Uh, they were having their little TV moment. Uh, actually, people can watch that on the Our Place Facebook page, right?
2: That's right. It's it's still up there for viewing. And uh, it, I, I think I watched it again a couple of days ago, uh, and and it's it still felt good.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's just, just, just absolutely amazing. Um, in, um, I, I love the idea about supporting those local businesses and getting people out. Uh, again, what it was, was an invitation for the community to go out and try the different, uh, and cheese, macaroni and cheese at all the different restaurants, which people did. Uh, so, so that was great. That's the community getting together. Right.
2: Yeah. I mean, we're, we're huge supporters of groups like the, the chamber of commerce and and the real estate board. And um, as much as we're concerned about COVID, we're also concerned about the health of our community and um, we want to be part of any solutions.
0: Yeah. So much work to be done uh, you know, and, and, you know, for, for our little town, you know, uh, the, the, the big question that comes and hopefully we have enough time uh, to wrap this up here between the two of you, Julian and Steven, I mean, what, what needs to be done? Victoria is so close to perfect, right? Um, What, what needs to be done uh, to get us there? Uh, Julian, like and this is something Edmonton's done a lot of work in the homelessness uh, uh, realm uh, as well. And this is where you come from. So, how close are we to getting this figured out?
1: I think um, Edmonton still has its challenges. Um, in some ways it's kind of it's complicated, but it's simple. It, it's the, the two biggest drivers of homelessness uh, are, are frankly the lack of affordable housing and the lack of access to, to really good sustained mental health and addictions treatment. Uh, we have uh, you know the as your listeners know real estate is very expensive here we we, we have to commit uh, as a society and from our driven by our federal and provincial governments who are the providers of housing not the municipality we have to commit to providing affordable housing uh, in in victoria and greater victoria uh, and building it or having rent supplements so that people can actually afford rents in in properties you know, that would help also a lot of your listeners who have you know businesses which are attached to rentals mm-hmm. so you know that would be a real win-win um that's the, the supplement one. the
0: supplement for people is that they yeah. the difference between um uh the their monthly checks yeah. and yeah
1: And the actual rent, which are high. So if we we did that, that would be a major step forward. And then, you know, for those that are, are really failing to maintain their housing or can't get housing because of their mental health and addictions, we need to have proper treatment. At the moment, we have a crazy system where people go in for like 30 days, 60 days treatment, if they can get in. And that just doesn't cut it. You know. For example, at our place, we have a program, the therapeutic recovery community, which people can stay in for up to two years. When you have profound addictions, it takes time to, to really heal and to to recover from them, and it can often be an ongoing, uh, lifetime journey of recovery uh, and abstinence. Uh, and people need support through that. If we, I think if we had those two things in place, uh, in in, in the, to the degree it's needed, we would, we would make serious inroads in homelessness. I think we could end homelessness, but until we do that, uh, we we won't. And you know, Stephen was talking about the amount of money we raise. And I, I just, you know, wanted to acknowledge that because I'm sure some of your listeners were people who help who do donate to our place. And I, you know, we're always there for all Victorians who are going through tough times, whether they're homeless or not. Uh, but also your listeners and people who donate to us are there for us during tough times. And I just wanted to thank them for that and acknowledge that uh, because the work does go on and we could not, we literally could not do it. I know people always say this, but we really couldn't do it without the generosity of so many thousands of people in this city who give uh, every year to our work uh, to help us help people through tough times. So I want to thank them for helping us through tough times too.
0: Well, and you know what, what a great way to end the show because it's a reminder about one of the other things that Victoria is and it's a generous community.
1: Oh, amazingly okay. so.
0: It's fantastic. Thank you for joining us, Uh, Julian Daly, CEO, uh, and also Stephen Seltzer, both from our place today. And I do uh, implore any of the listeners here, if you haven't visited or donated to um, the society, please do so. Visit the website, uh, look up our place. It's a great, uh, great place. Thank you for joining us, both of you. Thank you so much, Tony. Yeah. and And to the rest of our listeners, we'll be here for you this time next week.